Hello, my name is Julia. I'm a journalist from Barcelona, working now from Brussels and mainly in economic-related issues. I think Brussels is one of the places to be if you like economic-related issues. But economy is often difficult to understand. And what I'm gonna try to do in this podcast is help you understand the main economic debates that are going on in Brussels. One of the key debates this year is gonna be around the EU fiscal rules. We're gonna try to understand why we need them and why there's some people that believe that they need to be changed. First of all, we need to travel back 30 years ago to find the origin of these budgetary rules. They were enshrined in the founding documents of the European Monetary Union. The countries of the Eurozone adopted the Stability and Growth Pact, which allows for the coordination of their national fiscal policies. It actually responds to Germans' concern to avoid that some countries would take advantage of their membership in the Eurozone to spend excessively. That's why the Stability and Growth Pact sets a 3% deficit and 60% debt-to-GDP ratio. So in other words, national governments are supposed to adapt their public spending to these rules. They cannot surpass those limits. However, bringing down deficit and debt ratios has long been a nightmare for some European countries that are subject to these fiscal rules. Actually, since 2011, the rules can even lead to sanctions. But like in most of our lives, COVID pandemic has also turned the tables in this topic. Economic crisis hit the entire bloc, prompting the European Commission to suspend these rules to allow massive public investment. This policy saved millions of jobs across the continent, but it also left most of the European governments with huge debt. Now, economic recovery is on track and the EU is again split between those who push for a return to that strict fiscal framework and those who believe that it is time to rethink the rules. But first of all, we need to understand why we need those rules. And I interviewed Maria de Mertzis, deputy director at Bruegel Think Tank in Brussels, to understand that. So these experts remind us that fiscal rules are necessary to ensure that the policies of one country do not undermine the economic health of another country. Uh, there is good reasons why we had uh, rules uh, back in the Maastricht, exactly, actually. This is when the rules were designed and put into operation. There is good reasons why we had, uh, we had those rules. There are interdependencies between the countries. And therefore, uh, fiscal uh, policies in one country can actually have effects uh, across all the other countries. And, you know, it could be good effects or it could be bad effects. So there are spillover effects. But are they too strict now after the pandemic? The EU is torn between those fiscally conservative states with belief that the rules must strictly be adhered to and those who think that they are outdated and that they need to be more flexible. So on one hand, we have the point of view of the so-called frugal countries, such as Austria, Germany, or the Netherlands. They think that as soon as economic recovery is secured, debt reduction should be the priority. And on the other hand, countries such as France, Italy, or Spain are afraid to go back to austerity policies. They think 
that fiscal framework needs to be updated into a more flexible approach. So positions look far apart, but there's still room for balance and broad agreement. Actually, current environment is less toxic and more open to discussion, mainly thanks to the new governments of Germany and the Netherlands. I don't know that it will be easy. But I, what I definitely think is that the, if you like, the political environment right now is much better in this respect, uh, much more conducive to openness. But that's what I mean by better, conducive to openness, They're open to discuss things than it would have been any time in the last decade. And I, and I think that of um, of certainly the uh, the French. I mean, I think have, the French have always been open to this. But I think it's certainly true also for the new German government, but also the new Dutch government. I think they're much more open to to discussing and to uh, and to solving problems that go a little bit beyond the the political horizon, which is a four year horizon. I saw this openness to a debate when I met MEP Markus Ferber for the pro-austerity German party CSU. While he continues to defend the stability pact, he admits that improvements can be made. Where I see improvement is, of course, the question of how to reach the 60% threshold. At the moment, member states are obliged to come to this threshold during a 20 years time period. But that was uh, after the economic crisis and before COVID. And after the increase of debts in all member states because of COVID measurements, it's clear that this threshold cannot be achieved in uh, the foreseen time. So therefore, assessments on this area are okay. But uh, to put the 3% threshold into question for new debts per annum or uh, to make special investments to be out of the scope for the calculation is unacceptable. And we can also see that in the opposite side of the hemicycle. Green MEP from Spain, Ernesto Urtasun, who wishes for a complete reform of the pact, sees a window of opportunity to start small changes. With the levels of debt with which France will emerge from this coronavirus crisis, France will be outside the fiscal rules and this is a novelty. Until recently the flexible application of the rules was only for the southern countries, while France and Germany did not apply them either, but they were still managing to stay inside the fiscal framework. Now there is a new reality, which is that France is outside the framework and no one can expect us to have fiscal rules with the second largest economy out of them. This is a very strong reason that generates a favorable climate for reform. So I think it's effectively now or never. So debate is ready to start. And it actually started at the end of last year. But what reform ideas are on the table? Expert Demersis thinks that slowing the pace at which member states have to bring down their debt and deficit is not the only option. For example, since green and digital transitions are going to be two of the key priorities in the upcoming years in the EU, she believes that investments made in those two fields should be spared from this rule. We need to allow for investments on greening the economy and on digitizing the economy to be exempted from these rules. I think this is going to be a point of discussion this year, and I'm hoping that some sort of an agreement will be made on this. But indeed, I think there is a lot of very good reasons why we should do that. And I actually think that more and more there is understanding that we should do that. 
MEP Urtasun calls for a more flexible framework with individual targets tailored to the needs of each country. Es establecer objetivos fiscales particulares para cada set individual fiscal targets for each country, much like we did with the recovery plan. With the recovery fund, we made an individualized recovery plan for each country according to its needs and their reality. Instead of setting targets for all, we should do an exercise that would also be more democratic and less bureaucratic and authoritarian. Instead of saying to all state, this is your fiscal goal and this is what you have to do, the Commission should establish a dialogue with each country to set a more medium and long-term fiscal framework program. So, negotiations are ongoing and debate is going to be tough. Let's see what comes up in the next week and months. Stay tuned. And I'm looking forward to take you soon again on another story from Brussels. Adios. Adios.